and I'm super lucky and I realize that because some people are like, go F yourself, Barrett. That doesn't work for me. And I'm like, great. I know it works for you. But that was... That's when you're going to get more trolling. You're going to get trolling on, uh, on social media. That doesn't like, work for me. I'm going to be like, F you, Barrett. Your whole, like, this podcast is going to come out and then you're going to be like, um, fuck you and your fucking coffee with butter. Sucks. We're here again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Confessions of an Actress podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Patterson, and this, by far, is one of my favorite interviews, conversations that I've had on this podcast so far. I mean, I really, I just had such a blast talking to my friend, Barrett Foa, and you guys are going to get um, <laughs> a lot of different stories, a lot of different um, pieces of advice, information, and the little clip that I put in the beginning is... Um, is, you know, about him and his coffee. So you're going to find out about all of that. And, you know, we were bouncing all over the place like excitable little puppies going from subject to subject. And then we get super zen and calm and reflective. And I just want you to ride the wave with us in this episode. Barrett and I have known each other for a while, but we haven't seen each other in a while. But I'm telling you, the moment we got on the phone, it was like we could have talked for like four hours and I just adore, adore him as a human. I think he is so phenomenally talented on NCIS Los Angeles as well as on stage. So whoever is a fan of him for being an actor, get ready to be a fan of him for being just this incredible human. So enjoy this episode with my friend, Barrett Foa. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Oh my god, like, loud and clear. This is really, this is clean. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, okay. I just, this is what's so funny about you and I, because like we did a concert together in, what was it, 2005? I always forget about that thing. And you yeah, that is me. literally our only thing we've done. Like I think really? that, unless I'm real, unless I'm like getting to the age where I'm like, I don't remember if we were well, together. Well, I'm definitely at that age. No, I'm definitely I'm 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 with you because I think we're like two years apart. No, I seriously think we only did that, which was like Jamie McGonigal at like Joe's Pub. I remember I was wearing mm-hmm. a pink blouse and a mm-hmm. white pencil skirt with flowers. I remember <laughs> I remember what I was wearing, but I don't remember what we sang. Something about marriage, and it was a comedy. <laughs> First of all, are you recording right now? Yes. We're Hi right. everyone. Okay. Um, I think I think what we did was something from a musical called So Long 174th Street. You are so way, I don't, you So here's the deal. I don't remember what you were wearing or what I was wearing. I don't remember I what do, you were wearing. And I barely remember that we were even at Joe's Pub, but I do remember that we sang we a sang song together. called It's Like. Oh. When so you, I look into your eyes, it's like, yes, it's like, yes, it's like. It's that like, is it. Like a trip to the stars. It's a very kind of silly song. And it's, I think later the, the musical was renamed um, Present Laughter or I, you know what, Something you, Laughter. This is, why anyway. you're on, this is why you're on television and I'm not. Because you remember way more than I do. Like, I don't even know. That is way but it's more. usually in, in one ear and out the other. It's got to make room. For some reason, this one's stuck. I sang that. I feel like I sang that a lot. Um, that you sang you that were, you were one of my many oh i was just one of many girls <laughs> just one of many, but i remembered you <laughs> I don't but, know. I, but i was a memorable performance it was, now, this, it was podcast, very, this interview is already taking a turn you sold it 
I, sold it. I sold it. Unlike I anyone else. <laughs> I think we were just two blondes together. You know, it's funny that like, I, that for me, like that's, that was just when I was like, Oh my God, I love you. Like I, we have to be friends. And we've, I think we've seen each other like a handful of times since then, but yeah. I've just followed your, your career and your transition from, you know, theater to television and like now being a celebrity, which I, th- <laughs> I think you're a celebrity. I, you're- this, this is very strange language, but I like it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm a celebrity. Sure. You're a celebrity. No, be- because you're on a hit TV show and it's baffling to me. And I love this about this business and like our life. And like, I know that you've had this experience as well, where you know, somebody, um, who is like, not like not a celebrity or not successful. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, they're like killing it. And you're like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Cause you're, you're Barrett to me, you know, like you're like the dude I sang in a concert with, and now you're like on television and I get to watch you every day. You're, if- but, yeah, but that's the weird thing about so about, about that word about celebrity you can't even and say it. <laughs> well a little bit because you're like well you were just Meredith and then you got a Broadway show and to some people that's a total celebrity yeah and like where does what is that mean what's the goal and it's, it's this is a very uh, this is this is part of a larger theme that I'm talking about with my therapist about an hour ago yeah my friend Shoshana earlier like we are talking about like Shoshana Bean, like, like this whole, I'll be happy when syndrome, like I've made it, Oh yeah, you know, what, what, once I get a series regular on television show, then all my problems will be solved or some problems will be solved, but then there'll be other problems and interesting things that come up and ways to deal. Anyway, we can talk, we can kind of get into all of that, but it's, it's funny. Just the word celebrity, it just, it, it's always kind of made me like. What is that? What does that what mean? That? Because who yeah. defines that? And a celebrity to one person is not a celebrity to another person. And just because you're on a television show, is that fancier or better than being on a Broadway show? Or And is being on a CBS procedural crime drama that these certain people watch more or less celebrity or interesting than being on Mad Men, which everyone watched and everyone talked yeah. about. And, but everyone being the people who we know yeah. And actors or the people on the coast, whereas, but only like a million people were watching that a, a, a week, whereas like 18 million people were watching our show a week. That's like, when it's you get into like the TV quotation, like the way that the networks see it versus the way, or the way that society sees it, or I call it levels of frustration and, and, mm. or, or levels of perspective because it, and, and I, I only can draw off of when I first came out to L.A. and, and did um, the movie Princess Diaries, Princess mm-hmm. Diaries 2. And I, I was I was walking along set with um, Anne Hathaway. And at the time she had she had done Princess Diaries 1. She had done Ella Enchanted and she was about to embark on a new movie. Um, about cowboys uh, in the mountains. And we all know that that turned into Brokeback Mountain. But at the time she was like, I just don't want to do, you know, I I really want to do what you do because I just come from doing a Broadway show. She's like, I want to do Broadway. I want to do, like she was kind of complaining, but in a very sweet way, if that makes Mm -hmm, sense. mm -hmm. And and I'm sitting there, this Broadway girl who's like walking alongside this movie star to me Mm -hmm. and and going like, oh my God, I, I would trade places with her in a second, but she wants to trade places with me because she wants to experience what I've experienced. And it's, it was this weird, it was this weird conversation, but I sat there and was like a sounding board for her. And, and I was like, you know what? 
I totally get it. Like, and I, and I think that this movie is going to be great for you. And I think that like, and I just kind of, I kind of coined it as like levels of frustration because I, you do get into a place of like, now you're a series regular on a TV series. And that's my dream. Like I, that's where I would like to graduate to. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not that I think that all my problems will go away, but I do kind of have that, that end result in my mind. And then it's like, but that, but then like, as you say, the problems continue or the goals change or things shift with somebody like you, who's on a big TV show, who has social media, like, like, what is that like to, to obviously you've got a lot of positivity, but like, how do you handle that mentally? The anything, the what part of it? (laughs) I mean, how much time do you have? (laughs) No, I mean, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's one of the things that, um, in, in the few celebrities that I know in my life, I've asked them because I just don't know that experience. Hmm. I've had a little tiny, tiny bit of like, like a moment of like, Oh my God, like that's so, uh, invasive and, and, and I'm a human and I'm not just a character on television, um, moment, but like with you, who's been on, you know, NCIS Los Angeles for 10 years Uh in your 11th season. Yes. You know what I mean? And you've basically been through the social media I have so many stories for you. I can't even like, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, there's a lot. This could be a part two. This could be like a, there could be a lot. There could be a a, a two part episode with you. Sounds good. I don't know if anyone wants to hear it, but I want to talk because I love. (laughs) I want to hear it. (laughs) Um, So no, I mean, okay. For the most part, everything, for the most part, I would say like 99% of it, or at least the places I look are like the comments I get and the, the, the support I get from fans is, is lovely. Um, I, um, I think what's really interesting and this is slightly off the subject and slightly on the subject is that what you say is just taken as the truth. Mm -hmm. And that is scaring me in a where a weird way okay. in, it, and, so, and it works in two ways it works in ways that are that can be positive and you can start manifesting things i mean i remember do you remember the the broadway show title of show yeah so my i was really good friends with hunter bell who is one of the stars and wrote the book of of uh of title of show yeah it started off broadway and they basically wanted it to get to broadway yeah and they created a YouTube show before anyone was creating YouTube shows. Okay. And was just like, Hey, did you hear, um, title of shows going to Broadway? And then playbill.com was like, this just in title of shows going to Broadway. They just kind of like said it. And they're like, is it going to Broadway? Like, well, we wanted to go to Broadway and we're just like, we'll just say it. And then it just, and then I think Kevin McCollum, the, the yeah. producer of that show of, of eventually the Broadway show was like, uh, let's just, I just love this story. Like we're actually, you're manifesting it's you're manifesting it and I will put it on Broadway. Yeah. And, um, just, and things happen and the thing, good things happen. Yeah. And then also, um, so I, I've been, uh, I am a gay man and I've been out and out with my, to my parents since I was 14 years old. Yeah. And then, but I, there was never like I did an announcement on a television show or a social media platform. 
and until it, recently, right? Until, until like actually last recently, year. Yeah. I was on uh, an episode of Will and Grace, and I was like, as a gay man playing a gay man on television and kissing a, a gay man on television in yeah. like, this seminal show that was like so so important to my youth and my growing up and all of our youths and growing up and yeah um you were so great on that episode by the way I mean, thank you really and it was just, so fun yeah. to do and so different and like sitcom is you know such a different animal with than what i'm used to of 10 yeah. years of, of ncsla but um it was weird that it was like that is a thing that I am now because I said it, but I've always lived an authentic, open life. Yeah. As a, as a human, as someone who I am, it's just that it just wasn't in like this writing announcement soapbox. I have to raise my hand way. And that just was, I'm like, no, but I, nothing's changed. So then, and then like addendum to the story, I was just on vacation in Mexico with a friend and we were we were like we we came across this thing that looked like some like a wedding had been there or something like that. Yeah. And it was empty, and it was a table with a linen and some and a volleyball court in the background. But it was empty. We were on. We were in our swimsuits, and we were like, "Let's take a picture like we got married." Oh yeah, I saw that picture. <laughs> and then we and then I I captioned it like we just wanted a simple wedding, <laughs> you know. And it was a clearly to my mind a joke. Yeah. I've never had more comments on a on a Instagram post. Usually I I would say my like likes I would probably get like between 3000 and 7000 would be like a really really good yeah, post. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I got 19,000 likes oh on God. this on this photo and people were like congratulations, no this is a joke. No he came out earlier. You know, meanwhile the woman in 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 the picture is a lesbian. And like, I mean, it's like, and we're in our swimsuits and there's a volleyball court. In the They're like, I don't know. But there's, no, there's no officiant. It's like, this is not a wedding. Right. But, but I said it and yeah. it like became a thing and it became true. And I was almost waiting for some like gossip column to like pick yeah. it up as truth. And it, I was like, this is so ridiculous. But like, I think we're so desperate for. Yeah a thing for some for you to say something and be like it's like suddenly the gospel truth and then also i mean i don't want to get too much into politics but then like it makes me think about what's going on with like the presidency and like just saying saying things makes it true yeah absolutely and makes make make entire nations like crumble <laughs> you yeah know? no it's like it's 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 uh, and that that kind of goes to what i was talking about before like the the celebrity side of it or the platform side of it where people are looking at like what you, what you post and where you posted something that was like innocent and a joke. And like, you know, you're, you're mm -hmm. there, like just, you know, you know, it's not anything that is going to, exactly. Yeah, it's not something that's going to change the lives or, or change how countries affect, mm -hmm. um, you know, trade deals, things like that, like going into the political side of it. But it's like, it's, it is really just, um, amazing how that has become truth without anybody having fact. And I think that that, yeah that's who's betting this who is the and that's why it's yeah. so scary this, that's why this like fake news thing is scary you're like no 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 but these people that is their job to vet to find the facts that's why we have a paper that's yeah. why we have you know the new york times and it's not just whatever we say is the truth it's 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 vetted and, and investigated anyway so 
No, so this it, it, continues. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting deep in right away. No, Hi, everyone. It's, it's, Hi, everyone. No, it's so true because it's, you know, it's like. The search for truth search is. For truth. I, I, yes, it's like I want to bring this fake story that a writer wrote <laughs> yes. to, to, to light. And like you have to do that through truth by lying. <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird job we do. Such a weird job. Somebody, someone on Facebook asked me, like they were doing like a poll and they're like, explain what you do in a bad way. Like explain what your job is in a bad way. And you're like, okay, I go into a dark room and I scream um, on pitch and like, there's like so many while wearing um, glitter, like with metal (laughs) on my shoes. You know what I mean? (laughs) With metal on my shoes. Like with metal on my shoes. Like, cool. like, just like shit like that. Like, how would you explain what you do? I would say, that? stand on tape, say words good. Say words good. Look at, look at a, um, my favorite is acting when, when you're, when you're doing, and we'll talk about this a little bit, which we can kind of segue into this being mm-hmm. a theater actor versus being a television actor and how you're used to being in front of an audience. And then all of a sudden you're acting to a piece of tape that is like an X mark next to the camera you know, I, or, or you feel know? like it shouldn't even be called the same thing. Yeah, I totally agree like, with you. I do two different things. I do one thing on stage and I do one thing. And it's it's still called acting. Yeah. And you still memorize your lines and say them truthfully. But like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's so weird. I, if you actually really do like shake it down, it's weird either way. Because it's like, it is weird to be like, there are 500 people, there are 2,000 people in this audience. And we're pretending you're not there and I'm singing out into the blackness about a love of mine or, you know, whatever it is and cracking jokes. And I'm standing in a weird way. That's like, so you can see me. And <laughs> it, it's, it's just very odd. And that, that can seem weird and fake. Yeah. But like, let me tell you, if you're a fly on the wall on a set mm-hmm. and it looks so realistic when it's in your living room and all cut together. Yeah. But I mean, what we are doing, we're standing on tape and we're standing on Apple boxes and we, you know, it's set in the, you know, 1800s and you have your iPhone in your pocket and yeah, it's you know, like, so weird. Like, like, there's like a lot of not, and like, you're looking at, again, you're looking at X's instead of people and acting towards an X and no one's <laughs> saying that's weird. You're just do it. You're just like, do it. And I go, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I can pretend that. And when you watch yourself, I mean, I don't know, like when you first saw yourself um, as Eric Beal on NCIS, because you actually have a story that's really like kind of the non-stressful way to get into a show. Like the show had already started. You were, you were, you were, you were recurring and then you got graduated to series regular. Like that's probably the easiest way to like. I have an even easier story before. That, that happens before that, but that you might not. Oh, know really? Yeah. Oh my God. But no, what I was going to say was that when I first saw myself on television for the first time, I saw beyond the screen because I was on set. And I, so I would see like all of the, the, the lighting and all of the stuff, like, like in my, like watching myself on screen, I'm like, oh yeah. And then I was like over to my, my stage, you know, my theater brain, my stage, right house mm-hmm. left or whatever it was this was going on. The props table was over there. Like it was a weird kind of. Experience. You were like hyper aware. Is that what you're yeah, saying? No, but, but like when I would actually watch the, the, um, the airing of the episode, I oh, was watching like, I see, you know what I mean? Like I could see beyond the camera. Like I beyond could see beyond what, what yeah. was edited 
for the, the cigarettes. Oh, yeah. That's so funny because you're like so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Just crazy. But yeah, um, tell, me, tell me how. Okay, so so talk to me about going from being in New because you were born in New York. Born and raised in Manhattan. Born and raised in Manhattan, which is rare breed. Amazing in itself. Uh-huh. Um, went Just to, different in itself. Just different. <laughs> I, I guess the rest of the country, I, for for me, like, because I'm born and raised in California, like we, like, we have like a like total like opposite story. Meaning, like, I went to New York from being from California, and it's like you, you grew up there, so it must like, have been more yeah, comfortable. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, when we moved, I went to University of Michigan for musical theater, and like we all moved to New York, and and everyone's like. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen here. Like what, what's the order of the avenues, you know, like how do these trains work? And I'm like, Oh, um, like here's like, I just know, I just knew going in also everyone's like, can I make rent? Like my parents will have to pay for like the first year of, of my apartment until I get, you know, my waitering job. And I'm like, Oh, I'm just moving home. I know that's you, you guys so are on just moving home, like into your parents' house. Like, hi, mom and dad. I'm I'm back for like vacation. Oh no, I'm actually just living here now. I'm trying to get like, so. And that was, it was so lucky. Like, yeah, it was wherever I wanted to be, and I just was from there. So I got to like save so much money up front, and didn't have to like li- like I was in the original cast of Mamma Mia on Broadway, and I was only, that was only your Broadway for, debut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so very awesome. shortly after I had graduated college and. I just, I felt so lucky and like, but I didn't have to stay in the ensemble of that show, which was a great like first opportunity, but I didn't have to stay there for any longer than I wanted to um, because I needed that money because I was like living at home and, and saving money on food and, and rent. Yeah. Um, and so that like helped me, like I got to like kind of jumpstart my career before anyone else like I got I didn't have to like stick around you didn't have that you didn't have that like fear of New York that the rest of us did yeah, I mean or that awesome. yeah <laughs> you know and but but I, you know my my oldest son was born in New York but then we left and, and came here and what my one friend who um is like you born and raised in New York she said you know I I, I felt like my and maybe you have this experience but she felt like her innocence uh, at like of being a kid was lost a little bit early because she was so exposed to so much. Mm. But that's sort of a negative way of looking at it. I think that like being it's funny. I think, you know, yeah, I think you could spin it. Like I could definitely spin it that way. And, but my spin is when people ask me about it, like, what's it like living in New York, like growing up in New York? I'm like, well, first of all, what's it like growing up in the suburbs? Cause yeah. it's like, no, 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 but that's what everyone does. I'm like, but that's not what I did. Like this, it was my reality. Right. Yeah, so totally that's just a weird thing. Cause I'm like, what are, you know, your parents picking you up in the car from school? Like that's weird to me. And like prom and GPA, like we GPA, is that what they're called? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have GPA. Like we just, just some of that stuff that. Because, you know, okay. Because you, you play. And and like yeah, music. exactly. But you didn't do any of that because you went to a really prestigious school, which this is something interesting that I read about you that I did not know about you was that at three years old, you put together a puzzle really fast. And then like, did you have an IQ test and then went, got into the Dalton school? Like, I don't know a lot about the Dalton I'm so school. I'm glad you brought this up because. But it's so fascinating to me. Because it's not true. It's not true. Oh, but see, this is, going, the internet. this is going back to what, see, I exactly. asked the question, I didn't assume it was true. I, I, I looked it up on the internet and then I was like, I didn't know this about Barrett. Like, so let, let's ask because, because it's on the internet, it must people, be true. 
Isn't that crazy? So I actually get asked about this a lot because it's on my Wikipedia page. The yeah. reason it's on my Wikipedia page is because for some bio, for some thing, I, as a joke, wrote that sentence. <laughs> I was like, Barrett, I thought it was funny, like Barrett put together a puzzle in record time and gained himself <laughs> entrance to, you know, the nursery school at freaking the Dalton school. I, I put together a puzzle probably, and I'm sure it was in a decent time, but it was not a record time. And, but literally someone copied and pasted that interview. This is probably from like 2001 or two or something. Okay. And somehow it made it into a Wikipedia page that has never been updated because I just don't care about that. Even right. though I probably should because everyone asked me about it and clearly everyone looks, looks it up <laughs> and it does have some good information on it. But even Wikipedia is like, this is a bad page. Someone please fix this. Like it has been flagged and I just don't know how or care. But, but you shouldn't care because it doesn't, I mean, it, yes, of course it's, it's, it's your name is on the page or whatever, but like, but like, I love when like, like people ask you about it all the time, but that, but this is a connection with your Instagram post. Like you thought yes. it was funny. And so, and it, yeah, I just thought it was like a dumb little thing. And then suddenly people are like, wow, you must be so smart because you, yeah. like, because in kindergarten, I like put together a puzzle. I don't know. Anyway, no, I, point is, I went to Dalton for, um, from pre-K to 12th grade. Okay. Um, my nephew goes there now. His name is Max too. Oh, nice. Um, and so, and from, but, but in my high school summers, I went to Interlochen Arts Camp. Yes, which I think so is I got to kind amazing. Of be, in like, Michigan, right? That's in Michigan. In upstate Michigan. Yeah. It's like totally changed my life. Um, I now like, I actually have a scholarship there that like, and I go back and teach and. Wait, um, you have the Barrett Foa scholarship? the Barrett Foa Musical okay. Theater Scholarship. This is exactly. <laughs> and I wanted to give back to this place because I loved it so much. It's you like are ignited a celebrity. See, you are a celebrity. That's, that's, that's a perfect, there's, there's your stamp right there. When you, when someone says like the place that you went to as a kid and they're like, we're going to make a scholarship in your name. You're like, I've made it like going back to like, well, like what is the marker that oh, is let me just be clear. No one's making a scholarship in my name. I'm just being like, I'm going to give you money and then oh. there'll be a scholarship in your name. Okay. <laughs> but maybe that's what all the celebrities do. I have no idea. But that, <laughs> if you have enough money and you want to give someone, they're going to name just, a scholarship after you marry them. I just threw all the celebrities under the bus with that comment <laughs> right, right there. They're like, bitch, I, I just, I, they, they love me. It's not about money. But I seriously think that's so great that, that first of all, yes. that you do that and that, and well, it, feels, it feels so good. And then I get to go back and like teach. So great. It's such a, it's a magic, magic place. Yeah. Um, okay. So then I went, I went there, I went to university of Michigan. Why are we, we're now we're talking about um, my, <laughs> what are we talking about? Now oh, we're going, no, yeah. now, now we're going through your, through your childhood and through your evolution, which I, which I love. And, and I, and I know that you went to university of Michigan, you have a BFA in musical theater but mm -hmm. this is this is what this is a blip that i think is so awesome not a blip not, that that sounds negative i think it's a, an awesome fun fact okay is that you studied a semester abroad at the yeah. royal academy of dramatic arts in london yes which is amazing and yeah and you also interned at Johnson Live Casting, so we need yes. to talk about we need to talk about both of those. Are those both true? Because those are those are <laughs> Wikipedia too. <laughs> those are both both true. 
as an artist, I feel like like being able to go in your college years to London and then study at the Royal Academy and and because I know you have a mixture of Shakespeare as in musical theater, which you cross over to so easily. Like it's that's kind of a, a an amazing you know feat to be able to do that alone but is that where that started the royal academy it kind of did you know i took like a semester in college like y'all do um uh you know for musical theater it's like okay you'll get a semester of shakespeare but then um some other people older grades at michigan they were taking a semester off and doing this this college course through rada and through like marymount yeah um, something and they had some thing in the transfer the credits transferred and it was easy and one of those people was gavin creel who yeah. was a year older than me at school and and he everyone would just come back and be like it's fantastic go i highly recommend it yeah um so a bunch of us we we went and it just to like just to stop to, to quit like the singing and the dancing for a semester and just really focus on acting and shakespeare and just really immerse yourself in another culture another city and all the theater there. Oh my God. Yeah. So cheap and so cheap for students. Um, it just was, we just got to soak up everything and I, I, I loved it. And I came back like a really changed person because it's just any kind of perspective shift is important. I think that's also why I didn't apply to NYU or Bard or Pace or like anything New Yorky. Sarah Lawrence, I was like thinking of, you yeah, know, but I think your experience at Interlochen made you want yeah, to Interlochen and yeah. Michigan. I just wanted to like get out of New York because I knew I was coming back and I started there. So yeah. those perspective shifts are perspective perspective shifts are super important. And London was a, a major one for me. And I came back with a ton more confidence and like started booking booking. <laughs> yeah. I started getting leads in my college shows. Yeah. And, and and I think what's crazy is that like that that I think in this industry is so important to you know going back to my conversation with um, Annie Hathaway talking about like mm. her her level of frustration where she was in her career at that moment whether it's your career or your craft I think it's really important to do stuff like that go off to you know the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London if that presents itself to have you know, study abroad because I know I I've only performed abroad. I performed for 16 weeks in Moscow. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I came back to New York, just the change perspective. I think you hit the nail on the head with that word, the change perspective that I had as a performer and as a human really, mm-hmm. um, just helped me so much with like, with confidence, but also just with I don't know. With just with, being a citizen of the world. Thank you. Yes. With realizing how big the world is, that there are other things out there, that there, that it's not all about you booking a job. That it's like there's just a zillion things that it that it grants you. Yeah. And I yes I I, I it's 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 now now I started thinking about Russia and I started thinking about um <laughs> you were were you there when the when like that bomb happened I was like, I was theater? there I was my there. friend Emily Fletcher in the cast with uh, Emily was in my cast absolutely oh this gosh. was before Z- uh, Ziva meditation Ziva yeah Ziva, sorry Ziva this is before um she is oh my god I've known her since since then that was the when I met her and um it was such a so so for my listeners who don't know because I haven't really talked about Moscow um working there. Um, it was right after it was right after 9-11 it was a year after 9-11 
And we, uh, as Americans, were asked to go over and do 42nd Street. And I had just starred in the show in New York. And the Russian producer came over, who I found out later worked for the mob and all this crazy stuff. Cool, cool, cool. I know that's a, that's a whole that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> he wanted me and only me to be the lead in the Moscow show. So I basically got to be in this hotel off Red Square and all this crazy, like amazing experience, just amazing experience. However, the rest of the cast was cast like right outside of of Moscow in this like terrible hotel. Um, it, It was a bad experience. And then on top of all of that craziness, there were bomb threats and there was, um, a civil war. There has been a civil war between Chechnya and and Russia for years. And the Chechen rebels came with bombs strapped to their chests and did not come to our theater because Boris Yeltsin was at our theater that night. And we had extra security. I don't know if they had planned to come to our theater, but the word is, is that they might have had he not been there that night. So they went to, um, they went to another Russian musical that was about Russian pride and they sat in the audience with bombs strapped to their bodies oh my god and waited until the second act which if you have ever seen a show you know how long that is like an hour like you're could be sitting next to this person who is waiting to storm the stage and take over the theater and it was terrifying to know that that was happening down the street from us and then we had all these bomb threats to our theater and we closed early and it was and Emily Fletcher was a part of that cast and we all that was that was yeah that was 2002 that was a long time ago but yeah that's That's so scary and i know i i had a friend in to kill a mockingbird on broadway and there was that um like a a car uh what's that called when it like pops like a backfires yeah backfires yeah or, or a motorcycle and like people thought it was like a bomb scare in times square and people were like banging on the doors of the theater and like, let us in or like, come, or, you know, we want to, we they were like running for safety, but it was during the performance. And I, it's, I know my friend like really was really affected by that. And like, oh my God, yeah. and it wasn't even anything like, but it was just like, wait, what do I do now? Like what, what's the game plan? Yeah. Because I mean, not, not to shift it all to nine 11, but we both were in New York starring in shows. You were in yeah. Avenue Q, I believe, or was that I was later? actually doing my mom, Mamma Mia. You were doing Mamma Mia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woo. Crazy. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I know I know that like you say the word Russia. That's my only experience working abroad and it was it was a very positive one for a perspective shift. Um, some perspective having a bomb <laughs> But Mama yes, Mia. Yes, <laughs> Mama Mia. But like but but for you going back to your experience um in London and then, you know, that 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 point that you made about it being a perspective shift, I think mm. is so important. And I think is yeah. really. And seek those out. It's like, we just have to, we have to constantly seek those because we just get in our bubble and everything gets so important. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, I mean, bringing it back to Emily Fletcher and Ziva meditation, like that really helps. Me oh, move, oh move my God, of course. Through. So I'm in, so, uh, two. Okay. I heard these two amazing things back-to-back just on Friday and Saturday, and I want to tell you about them. Okay. And it kind of, it it applies. <laughs> um, so I I went to the opening night at the taper yeah. of what the Constitution means to me. 
Right. Which is a play that was on Broadway and now just opened to the taper with my friend Maria Diziat playing the lead role. Right. And it's basically a, a one-woman monologue with a few other little things. And it's I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, I've seen it twice now. It's, it's fantastic. Um, there's this image that she has that she says and it's she's like if you if you look at a woman walking across along a beach Mm -hmm. and she has a dog uh that's not on a leash and if you watch the dog the dog is running back and forth and to and fro and it's just you're like is anything actually is the dog getting anywhere so i can't even really tell it's going back and forth but if you watch the woman she's steadily progressing along the beach. Right. And it's like, keep your eyes on the woman. Yeah. And it was, it was a really nice metaphor and it semi stayed with me. And it was a metaphor for like progress and, and you know, how the pendulum swings, but like in, in reality, like progress always moves forward. Um, then the next day, my friend was having a like a witchy birthday, <laughs> so, she, so she brought in like a Reiki like meditation blessing person with like okay. the oils and like sun, you know. Yeah, I love um, it. Palo Santo and and um and we all did this meditation. She she talked about how um our brains uh are like it's like we're a roller coaster on top of a barge. Okay. That makes so sense. sometimes we get like, or we do, we all get like really uh, into like the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows and our feelings and our thoughts and all this like gobbledygook and, and it could be good and it can be bad, but we get into our like thinking brain so much mm-hmm. that roller coaster. But if we just kind of look down, we're on a steady, solid barge ship that is like moving forward and it's just fine and we're supported and it's and like the less we can identify with those roller coaster thoughts or the dog running along the beach and the more we identify with that woman or that barge like just know that we're going steadily forward yeah there's a reason i was saying this and i love no i I love all of it it's i think perspective shift yeah yeah and like how like getting us out of that bubble out of that like oh it's so important if i only get xyz if i'm if i'll be happy when i have a boyfriend become married have a baby yeah become a series regular on a television show get a broadway show whatever that is and it's just like no you're 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 going you're steadily going forward and it's not you can't get like trapped in these like thoughts and feelings and bubbles and I, I find I've been meditating twice a day for 20 minutes for eight years. And like, oh, nice. I'm st- I still, I still struggle with it, but it's helped me so much to get out of just more into that flow state of like things are coming and they're affecting me. And then I let them go and I don't hang on. I don't grip to don't an grip. outcome to, it's just not, a, that's the secret. That's the freaking secret to life. It's just like not gripping. Now not it's so gripping. easy to say. There's actually a Zen, there's a Zen saying, because I've been, you know, I'm, I'm all about all of what you're saying. I'm, I'm meditation. I find that meditation for me, I didn't, didn't coin it this way, but I knew that when I danced in the studio to music, that was me meditating. Like mm. I had to do that. I had to find when I, when I would sing, when I would 
um, be on stage. That was my, my, my time for my spirit, my, and my clarity and finding that present moment, um, of, of thought because we as artists and as people really, we go through, I like to call it the monkey mind, um, Mm -hmm. where you're just constantly up and down and here and there. And, and, and you're right. We need to focus on, on the journey and it's a marathon, not a sprint. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's not, I will be happy when I get to X, Y, Z. It's that you are happy now you, you find gratitude now, um, in the moment and where you are. Right. Yeah. Because let me tell you, happiness does not lie on the other side of a person, place or thing. And it never yeah. did. And like, it's, oh, you're going to get it. And then something else is going to happen that you're going to want. And that's, but that's what's so great about life. Like we, we're humans and we, we, we keep wanting and needing more and that's wonderful, but like, it's also suffering. It can you know? also be, yeah, it can also be like, um, you, you are your worst, uh, you know, person is sometimes when you're like, you know, if only in your, in your, in your, and you're sitting around in your, in your beautiful house or in your, in, in something that you manifested in your life and you're, but you're not satisfied in that place anymore and you want more. And this is like, this is going to go to, to sometimes my, the rabbit hole that I go down because you and I have a very similar career, except for you did the transfer to series regular night. And I mentioned that that was my dream was to star on Broadway and get whisked off to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I've had so many moments where I've been like, if I could only get a series Mm -hmm. regular, then, you know, then X, Y, Z would happen or whatever. And as you said before, it does, it shifts and things might get easier financially or whatever it is, but there is another layer of, of things that come up. And so it isn't the answer, but that feeling of getting, of starring on Broadway and getting to do a series regular and then getting to go do theater in your hiatus, like all Mm. of that seems dreamy to me, but I know that there's moments that you have of like, you know, life because you're human. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) No, but it's true. I mean, it's like actually thanks for like acknowledging that because I think it's easy sometimes maybe people look at at the Wikipedia page. Yeah. You're living the dream. True. And some of it's not. And there are facts that are on there and there are also fictions that are on there. Right. Like what is, but the way I'm dealing with it, uh, my therapist just said today, um, he was like, and this, I think this is some old, old school, like psychological stuff, but like it's just bears repeating. Yeah. Um, like, let's say you're like at a restaurant and you're like, ah, oh, what's the best table for me to be at? Because that one's kind of near the door and it's going to be cold. And that one like looks into the kitchen. And I don't really like that. And that one's near a bathroom. So and it's like, wow, which is the best table? Which is the best table? And you're like, let me just pick this one. And then you're like, uh. I think maybe it's like that other one. Can we move, please? You know, like that, because I'm actually kind of that person in IRL, unfortunately. (laughs) But I learned that from my dad, and that's a whole other story. But anyway, I'm I'm releasing that that like I just what's the best one? Am I am I did I choose the right thing? Yeah, I'm constantly on that journey. Do you think you're a perfectionist? I don't know if I'm a perfectionist. I'm uh, I'm a what ifer? A what ifer? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah I I'm kind of choose the right thing. I think it's more like it doesn't need to be perfect. I can let it go when it's once it happens if it's a mistake. Right. Um, it's more 
Yeah. Did you anyway, make the right, did you make so the, the right choice or the, or the, what if, what if I had chose that table or, or the going back to right. your, your therapist metaphor? But what, and what he was saying was once you get that new table that maybe you think maybe is better, maybe is not, it's not actually the fact that you got that better table. The, the joy and the release is actually the release of the want. Okay. That was happening when you were at the first table and like, I think I need to, I think I need to, I think I need to switch. I think I need to switch. Yeah. And you switch and it might be a good choice or a bad choice, but momentarily you're like, I don't have that want anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We keep wanting to remove these wants, but the table is not really the answer. (laughs) And the table's not really, you know, um, yeah, it's not the answer. It's not the, really the problem. I feel like it's you. <laughs> no, it's not the problem. It's you. It's the want. It's, it's the, the want. It's like more and something else and yeah. something else we don't have now. Yes, exactly. And, and it's, again, it's a series regular, it's an engagement ring. It's a, whatever, it's a new house, whatever it is. It's just like, it's so, and I don't know if it's just being the age I am or like, but I love talking about this shit. I it's love talking about, talk about it with all my friends. Maybe <laughs> like all your like listeners under 30 are so bored, but I am like, this is all I want to talk about. Cause it's so interesting. This whole like self-discovery thing. I think it's, um, but I think it's, 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 it's a question of life. You know, I do, I do wellness Wednesdays on this, um, mm. prefacing all the way, uh, which is a bonus episode prefacing to like the interview or the Friday episode. And I like to do the wellness Wednesdays about body, mind, and spirit as an actor, but I really always kind of come from a, um, a place of just being a human and just navigating whatever the shit is that we're doing, you know, like, like, is it like I used to. And this is going to like being specifically being an actor, but like, I know that you've had moments where maybe you're acting opposite somebody who you've watched on television your whole life, or you're, you know, you're, you're in, you're in a, on the set with a celebrity or like, like I, like I've, I've talked to you before about LL Cool J. Like, I think I would lose my mind if I was in the same room with him and Uh to be able to take a deep breath and center yourself and go there are bigger things in the world happening right now than this moment. This moment's big for you, but, but just live in the present moment, soak it up. And, and every choice that you make is going to be the right choice. Meaning like the, the right and perfect words will come like all these mantras that I've said to myself as an artist and as a person to try to keep myself into perspective and not like your therapist said, not looking for a different table, but knowing that the right and perfect table is already here already there right yes you're sitting at it right now i'm sitting at it right now yeah and the fact that we're all searching for the new and better one is we're wasting time yeah like because we're not just enjoying the table and the meal that we have and and the partner we have in front of us and the discussion we're having and maybe there's a little lull in the conversation and maybe it's like that's uncomfortable and you're like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh that's what life is yeah so just maybe be a little uncomfortable with with a little silence or a little tiff that you have like with your person but like it's not always about changing tables sometimes it, it is sometimes but like, it is but it's coming from a place of gratitude for where you are and i that, that, that's my hashtag for this but i i not my hashtag i hate saying that word but it's like my the thing that i ended up saying with every episode is have vision for what you want but be grateful for where you are right now because gratitude is the way when you're, when you're sitting in wherever you are, there's 
not to, and, and I hate saying the word, like there's somebody who would kill for your career or there's someone who, you know, would look at, look at you Barrett and be like, I would kill for what you have. And, and it's not about entirely about, about levels like that, but it's just being happy where you are in your life and, and, and looking around. And sometimes I have to go, I can take a deep breath. I can wiggle my toes. Mm -hmm. I can stand up. Like I will have to, when I get into those places of being on the roller coaster, well, I, I'll just have to be like, that is, I, I have to go back to bare bones things like that when I'm meditating because yeah. to get myself back to gratitude. Get yourself back to the barge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Get myself back to the barge. Yeah. It's so true. And I, you know, you and I are, are, are similar in age and I feel like, I think that when we get to this point in our in our life and maybe in our, in our experience as actors and talking about all of that. Like I, I do, I'm constantly looking for, for new ways to not better myself, but to find, um, meaning in all of it and center mm -hmm. myself and all of that, you know? Mm. And I think it, I, I think it helps your work. I, I know it does. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Because when you were talking about like freaking out with, Ella Cool J, or I just did a play with <laughs> Meredith Baxter. Oh my God, um, that's who I was named after, by what? the way. Really? That's where I got, that's where Meredith came from. I love that. And I have, um, I have said, I would love, like, I, I would love to meet her because she's, she's the name, how I got my name. So she's a love, well, she lives in Santa Barbara and let's have a date. Let's have a um, date. Let's do it. She is, but I grew up with that woman. Like she was my TV mom. I yeah. watched Family Ties. Fa she was the mom on Family Ties. AKA, she, she used to be named Meredith Baxter Bernie. She's since uh, just Meredith Baxter. Yeah. But she, but she and I just did a production of Angels in America together in St. Louis, and it was amazing. And oh she was God. amazing. And but like, you know, I was like, you, also, she, also weirdly, she looks like my mom. Oh, now, really? And my mom passed away recently, and like, oh, I'm so, so sorry. She, thanks, and so, and like, and the 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 character of of Hannah in Angels in America kind of becomes a mother figure to my character of Prior. Yes. Later in the play, and so it's this weird thing where suddenly I I I'll, I'll, I could just look at her and just burst into tears, like oh, yeah. from across the the room or even just on stage, like because she looked like my mom. She was playing this kind of mom figure. And she was my TV mom growing up. Yeah. And when I look look at pictures of her back then, it's like she also looked like my mom. Like they, their hairstyles were the same later in life and in earlier in life. Anyway, here's, here's a question: Do you think that that's a coincidence that she like this is where it's I like know. I don't know it's like bigger picture stuff because Angels in America. I saw that show on Broadway, mm. and I love that show. And so when I saw you were you were doing that show, I'm like, oh my god, this is this is amazing. But all of the things that kind of aligned in, in in what you were just saying, like for me, like my first thought was, okay, I, I'm listening. If this is this is yeah. a this is a message, yeah. I'm I'm listening, and well, I'm, I'm funny, I kind of don't like. I don't deal with that kind of, um, I, my, my brain doesn't go there of like, oh, it's my mom, like calling to me or saying something or yeah, she was or, for a reason. I'm just like, how lucky, how lucky that I get to look at this woman across the room and my breath gets taken away. Cause for a minute, I think oh, I'm about to cry for a minute. I think it's my mom. Yeah. Like, and I think, I think more a lucky, fun thing, but I'm not like right. the universe or mom has like made this. So I'm just like, yay. And I just kind of let it, let it go, let it be and let it go. Yeah. But 
what I'm saying, this, this is what I'm kind of bringing around to is that we're all human. And mm-hmm. so once you get to know Meredith Baxter, you're like, oh, you're just this person with all these like funny quirks that I love. And you're not my mom and you're not Elise Keaton yeah. on Family Ties. And you're just Meredith. Yes. And LL Cool J, AKA Todd, like on set, I've known him for 11 years and I'm just like, Oh, Todd, <laughs> like, yeah, you, it's, it, it, it's they, like, they you, you, once you're like, Oh yeah, we're all human. We're all going through whatever shit we're going through. Your no one's uh, Susan Blackwell, who also was uh, in um, title of show. Yeah. And is an amazing, like creative coach and creator and actress herself. She, um, she has this kind of mantra that she tells kids when she teaches master classes. That's no one is above me. No one is below me. Haters to the left. Yep. Exactly. And it's that thing of like, Oh my God, Bernadette Peters is here. Like you're my life. And I, I don't know what to say to you, you know, or you're the janitor or you're the cafeteria lady that's serving me food. And like that person's not, any less or more important than Bernadette Peters. Do you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm talking like musical theater terms, but like, you know, we were at this camp and she was, <laughs> sorry, I'm talking like Bernadette Peters. Well, she is. She's great. Love she her. is totally. No. And I um, get it. And, and, and to, to, you know, you speaking about family ties, like some people might be like, who's that? But to you, that person was yeah. huge in your childhood, you know? Yes. And, and when you get, and, and I, I know this feeling because when you get to, meet the person who you saw on television and act opposite them and work with them. Um, it does, it shifts, but like in working with her in angels in America, like I, I, I think when, when that, when I, when I was saying that all aligned, I, I, I would, I was trying to say more like therapeutically for you, mm, which, mm-hmm. which I love about our, our industry, how things will line up in our life where we are able to you know, oh, maybe have a release of of crying that you're like, I don't know that I could have done this before had had things been in a, I don't I don't know, like a, five years earlier or whatever. Meredith, like, I it's you're taking the words out of my mouth. You're yeah, taking the words out of my mouth because when so the play of Angels in America came out in '93 and um, yeah. and but the play was put into my hands when I was um, in '97 and oh, someone wow. was like, you will be in this play and you will be playing the role of Joe. Like, that's a great part for you. You should look at that and you should. And I was like, I, this play is scary. This play is too hard. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever be a good enough actor to be in this play. And I did it in like scene study class, like everyone kind of does. And I remember my teacher being like, "Mm, not not great, you know? (laughs) And, and I was like, "Uh, I'll just never be, that's just, I don't know what this play is. Yeah. And then. I got this offer to play prior in Angels in America. And I'm like, well, pr- are you sure I'm not Joe? Cause Joe's the one I think that I always kind of painted myself as. Yeah. But now as I've gotten older as whatever it is, someone was like, he's a prior. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait, let me just read this play again. Because in my recollection, prior is um, way too fabulous. Um, and I'm not really a fabulous person. And um, Pryor is sick and he's dying and yeah. he has lesions all over him and he shits blood on stage. And <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm getting a little choked up. Um, and like, 
I was like, I was like, that's the scary, gross, fabulous part. I, I, I'm not that guy. I'm like the, the, I'm a Mormon and straight and married to this woman and I'm coming into the realization that I might be gay, yeah. which is what the Joe character is. And as I read it, I was like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> Joe Schmo. <laughs> I, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's fabulous. I'm fabulous. Yeah. Oh, my God, this guy is, like, taking control of his situation. Wait, I'm finally doing that in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, if I got this offer a year before, I would have been like, oh, I can't do that. I just, I won't, I won't, wouldn't even be able to handle it. It came at the exact right time. Yeah. And Meredith was cast at that exact right time. Like it was such a perfect kind of storm of like, yes, because you've, because you've been on a journey and you've been to Burning Man three mm-hmm. times, like, and because you've tapped into maybe some fabulousness there or some self-expression some radical self-expression or, you know, all some things that I've dabbled in over the past few years to just like make sense of life and just to help me get out of my comfort zone Yeah, and the perspective shift. All of that has gone into the stew that has made me ready for this moment to play prior yeah. and to fucking crush it. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm scared of him. And to go in a room and be like, I am, I know, I know what this character is. I'm coming with lots of ideas and thoughts. I wasn't like, and I think all, I think a lot of that came from um, 10 years of, of, uh, of a television show where you're like, we're going to shoot in about two minutes. So we have one second for rehearsal. Yeah. What do you need? What do you want? Make decisions now because there's not a lot of time. Then when I'm like suddenly thrust in a theater, (laughs) a theater, um, you know, setting a rehearsal setting. And I'm like, wait, we have a lot of time, but I'm, I'm still coming with all that kind of TV. Yeah. Like, you're, you gotta yeah. get this done energy. And it was so thrilling. Cause I just, we just zoomed ahead because I was like ready and bringing ideas in the room instead of like waiting for someone to tell me what to do, which is kind of how I used to approach theater. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that I was like, Oh, I think I'm maybe going a little fast <laughs> because I'm on in that, tv mode yeah no that's yeah, that's a really a good but, talk. No, <laughs> you're so funny I love, I love you no i i mean i it while you were talking i was thinking about the watching the journey and knowing that you got angels in america and knowing that you got cast as that part and and i not thinking in any way shape or form that you were scared of this or not thinking that you belonged in this part like that's what's so funny is that like my vision of you is that yes you're fabulous yes you're this is this is perfect for you mm. but i love getting as as an actress myself i love getting roles that scare me um yeah especially that I've read early on that I'm like, I want, I think I want to play that someday, but I don't even know if I'm, if it's possible that I can do that. And then now to, I I was thinking of the picture that you posted on Instagram of you. um, And it's the part of the show where Pryor is in the drag. Drag, uh, Yeah. It's like a drag fantasy sequence. Drag fantasy sequence. Yes. 
and you are oh, just God. in this stance and, and this <laughs> picture. And I'm just like, fuck yeah. I was like, God, I wish I could see this show. And I, and, just, and yeah. you look so powerful and you look, and it's, it's exactly what you said in your poster. Like I've never felt more powerful. And I do feel like, you know, theater, not, not just for the audience is a transformation, but for the artist on stage and what they're going through. And that's the therapy part of it that I was talking about earlier. Like that is the part that I fucking love when it all lines up and it is something that is life changing. And it was the right time and the right casting and the right Mm -hmm. moment for you. And all of that, that comes out on stage in this incredible performance, every show, you know what I mean? And you were saying I've never felt more powerful. I almost forgot that I, I wrote that in the in the caption, but I also probably never felt as masculine. Yeah. Okay. Like as secure in my masculinity as when I was in drag on that stage with like a flowy kimono and like eyeshadow. Yeah. And like it it's and it's like, oh my God, this softness can be so fierce. Yeah. This like Mars energy actually lives in the feminine too. And like, or feminine is powerful and can be like dominant and manly and in its own way. And I just, I, I wish we, we could all kind of explore some of that because it's, it's, it's fluid. It's, it's, that, flu- it's that fluidity. It's like the exact word I was going to use. It's yeah. the fluidity. <laughs> it's it's a, powerful. It's so, powerful, yeah. And, and guess what's not powerful? Like locking your shit down in one, like, this is what I think I should be. And this is masculine. This is bro. You're like, that's kind of actually super weak and boring. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but if you can flow from yeah. like sun to moon, like trust, like you got power. I don't yeah. know. And you see, and you see that like in drag race and I think it's becoming like more of a trend and it's, it's, that's, I mean, we can talk about gender, but that's, that's an interesting part of me. That's, that's kind of awakening to, and, and, and prior helped awaken that. Oh, I, I love, I love that so much. And I'm so, yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I wish I could have seen it, but I'm just like, it, it's, it's one of those things where I follow a lot of my friends who were doing things in the industry and I, and I, I would stop on a picture of you as prior and I would just be like, oh, I'm just sending you so much love oh, right God. now because it just makes me so happy to see and know that it's, and, and now I even, you know, and now I have even more layers to it, but knowing that that's, um, you know, the excitement that you, that you had doing that show and, and doing that show was not, was that on your hiatus from NCIS or was that when you, um, cause I know there, there's been a period where you left the show for a little bit to go do more, uh, creative pursuits, correct? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yes. So, um, I did a, a few less episodes this season. Okay. And so that, so it happened like half during my hiatus and half during like this um like partial leave of absence that like cbs was cool with me leaving and we kind of and the story they like lined up the story so that they kind of backloaded my episode so i could do this play and it which was is so, so which warm. is so lovely and doesn't happen all the time in the industry no People it was are, i mean yeah we, you know there are a few hoops to jump through and cbs was so cool and the showrunners were so cool they're like yeah we'll create a story around you being gone and, um, oh my God, it was, it was such a blessing. And they, and they realized that like, 
shooting this series like 10 months out of the year is, is a lot to, is a lot. It's a lot to ask for, like on yeah. a lot of levels, like your time and your, and your energy and your playing one character. And they, they want to keep us happy and they want, you know, us to, they, they want us to like pursue other, other things. And they know that that helps. It helps keep it fresh for you. I mean, I know that. And the fan base gets excited about, yeah. you know, you coming back or new things or so it, 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 I think it was a win-win for everyone. Oh, absolutely. And what, and, and I, I've been wanting to ask you this. Yeah. I know that you had to lose a lot of weight or you, you lost a lot of weight for angels in America. Yes. I and do so, want to make that clear. I know I did not have to lose a lot. I mean, you didn't just, have to. no one asked me is what I want. Right. Made. But when you're dying, you know, the character is, is dying of AIDS in 1983 or whatever the, yeah, five, the year yeah. is 1985. Um, you know, it, it I, I think I would do the same if I was in your position. Yeah, I was like, I want to tell a story with my voice and my, my body and my body. And right. I think I have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And going back to going back to uh, like talking about body, mind and spirit, like how did you do that in a healthy way for people mm. who, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I know that um, there's many ways, you know, that, that people lose weight and all that stuff, but I'm just curious how you did that. Uh, in, in a healthy way, was it with a nutritionist or guided or on you your know, own? You know, I just, well, I kind of knew about like a month before we started rehearsals that I was going to do the show. Yeah. And I had already kind of been like on a little bit of a health kick for some reason. I can't remember why, but I was like, here, here's how my brain works. This is a good question. Um, <laughs> my brain works in goal, like dates, Mm -hmm. goals I can't be like I'll just kind of work on this for a while and then eventually it'll be ready I'm like when do I when is my homework due Mrs. Patterson you know what I mean like I, I need I need the date you so, and I are very similar in that way I have to have yeah. a goal yes. yes yes so whether it be so I remember like during Broadway Bears when I wanted to like kind of be a little thin for being on stage and stripping yeah. down to my underwear like I wanted to be a little, so I'm like, oh, let me just stop eating carbs. Anyway, so <laughs> what I did was I basically like was working out a good amount. Um, I happened to have like this personal training gym across the street for me, and I was had been seeing that person like for a year anyway. So I was like, let me just step this up a little bit. And then like the goals were like instead of bulking up a little bit, like let's just slim down and get more cardio in. Yeah. But really, it was just like don't eat carbs mm -hmm. <laughs> eat a lot of meat and veggies and i didn't like drink or eat cheese <laughs> i mean it's it's not like it's not so, it's not rocket science i mean it really I mean, it wasn't rocket science and yeah. like i think like if you do that your body probably will change like whether it be whether it will take a long time or a little time like for some reason it I think I had had a head start. I had exercise and then I just was super great about it. I've yeah. never cooked so much. I mean, I eat out a lot, but in St. Louis, I didn't have the time or the energy. And I just was like, Oh, I guess I'm just going to figure out how to cook in my little kitchen. Yeah. And I would just go to whole foods and spend a zillion dollars on like fresh veggies. And that would be my format for the week. And I wouldn't eat out and I wouldn't have all that butter and salt and whatever was in the, those things. And I, just was a little care careful. Yeah. Then kind of halfway through, I started reading a little bit more about bulletproof 
um, the Bulletproof blog and like keto stuff. Okay. And I was kind yeah. of trying that a little bit. And I like keto. Was, I like keto a lot. As do I. Yeah. Um, but I'm super, the, the, that's kind of come and, come and go. But the thing that has stayed is Bulletproof coffee okay. every morning, okay. which is basically coffee, um, a tablespoon of unsalted um, grass-fed butter. Uh-huh. And um, this like brain octane oil, which is basically just highly refined coconut oil. Oh, nice. Um, That's and, awesome. And you drink it in the morning and you shake it up. And then I put, sometimes put a little collagen protein in there, and it does, which is tasteless. And um, it, it satisfies me and leaves me like very not hungry. And because it's all those good fats. Yeah. And it, and it keeps your caffeine um, levels going throughout the day and so you don't have like a huge spike and then a huge dip yeah you're just kind of like caffeinated all day in for after one glass one cup of coffee yeah I, and you're not super hungry yeah um, I've heard about the butter I've actually put butter in my coffee a few times and I'm like oh my god this is this is really great and the collagen as well delicious, um, delicious. Add, well, the, add the brain octane oil yeah I'm going to have MTC or XTC or MTC oil. Okay. Um, yeah. Or MTC. And then, but like, you'll, you'll notice a difference. Go carefully at first. Cause it causes a little tum tum issues at first, <laughs> okay. like a teaspoon and then work your way up to a tablespoon. But it's, I have it. Sorry. I'm like doing commercial for them, but <laughs> it's something that as, as actually I've, I've, I, I, it's like the one thing I'm like, Oh, that's my one takeaway. Yeah. From, from, from like dieting. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I'm in and out now that I don't have to be like a dying person of AIDS. Um, <laughs> like, so you just have to be, t- you know, TV, TV thin or TV, TV know. thin. But I've also like been to, like, you've little. always been that way though. There was one season early on where I was like working with this trainer and he, <laughs> he was like, he was like, yeah, we're going to bulk you up. And then when you need to like lose it, then we'll, then it'll be really easy to like shred. But right now we're bulking you up. So like just, just have that extra piece of cheese on that burger. Like just <laughs> eat whatever you want. And I was like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Like I'm just bulking up. And then people around set would be like, wow, you're, you're looking pretty, uh, pretty bulky. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm working out and like, you know, just bulking up feels really good. And then, and then I remember like my, like my roommate at the time had, for some reason had my, she, she, he's like, oh, your show's on. And, and I was like, is that me? <laughs> God, that I know that I was like, oh my god! I'm like everyone was just saying you're fat, but they were disguising it like it was. Or I just heard, oh, you're just you're just bulking. You're getting you're getting thicker. I've heard your actual face is like blowing up. Oh my god! No, I've had that. I've only had that moment where I was sitting. There's like a scene where I'm sitting on the couch in Boston Legal, and I'm wearing a white sweater, which is a terrible color, anyway. Mm-hmm. or TV. And right. I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm doing a scene with Candace Bergen, who, you know, is incredible. Awesome. I got to, I got to act off opposite her in, um, Boston legal a lot. And, and, but it was this one scene that stuck out because I was wearing this freaking white sweater. And I was like 125 pounds at the time. I was like, you know, I'm five, seven. And I was like, really like cut. Cause I just done like a bunch of dancing shows and whatever. And I was like, I look fat. Like I just caught myself in the wrong light and I was like, I don't look good. Like I got to be, and that's where like, as, as actors, we can sort of get into that place of like, you know, the whole 
10 pounds, you know, with the camera and all that stuff. But with what you said in regards to like keto and, and eating well, and all those things that you were, all those tips that you gave, I think is really good for people who are not just actors, but humans and doing it in a healthy way and keeping yourself. It was healthy. Health is really the goal. Yeah. It really was just freaking hot, like high fat and like, sorry, like, you know, high raw fats, like avocados and cashews yeah, and butter mm-hmm. and veggies. Yeah. And meat. Yeah. And like, it kind of, it kind of melted off. And, um, and I'm super lucky. And I realize that because some people are like, go F yourself, Barrett. That doesn't work for me. And I'm like, great. I know it works for you. But that was. But soon you're going to get more trolling. You're going to get trolling on, uh, on social media. They're going to be like, it work for me. I'm going to be like, F you, Barrett. Your whole, like, this podcast is going to come out. And they're going to be like, um, fuck you and your fucking coffee with butter. Suck. It tastes good. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you know, I could, you know, I could do a whole nother episode with you. And I mean, oh my God, there's so much more to talk about. That's it. I, well, I, I mean, I have so much, I, I, I literally still have more to talk to you about. So I think we need to do a part two. Maybe we do part two. Happen. But I just adore you. I have a pleasure. I have to see a lot more of you because we live in the same city. <laughs> uh huh. And clearly, we're not compatible with like talking or chemistry or anything. Like not that. at all. Not at all. That'll be. It'll be an awkward, an awkward get together. <laughs> it'll be an awkward get together. <laughs> Let's definitely do that. I love that. This was so much fun. Thank you oh for letting me rant and rave and all, with all my like woo woo. Oh my god. Psychology and therapy and meditation, but. Yeah. You, you, I know that you have such gratitude for where you are in oh your life. God. I mean, I can just hear it. I know I, it. I hope that's coming across because sometimes I kind of even forget to talk about that, but it's, it's like, I take my gratitude for granted almost because I'm so I'm like, I, every morning I like have a gratitude journal and I, and yeah. during my meditation, I am like so grateful. And I hope that is coming across because sometimes I can be like, yeah, I don't know. Of course, of course, I'm, 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 I'm grateful, but I don't want to sit here and talk on a podcast about like I'm so lucky and did, and like yes, I, I am, and I want to make that so clear. Yeah, but um, it is there's a there's a this uh, this this will hope, perhaps be a final thought. Um, <laughs> my my I was meditating and um, this this idea for actually a podcast came across and mm-hmm. came along like downloaded to, to me. And I was like, I want to talk about this. I'll be happy when syndrome we were talking about earlier. And yeah. And um, I was like, maybe that could be a podcast. And, um, and I was like, but I don't want to my guests to come across as like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that thing that I wanted. And now what? And not, and the listeners be like, oh, they're not grateful for that thing. And I was like, how could we like start the podcast? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and for some reason, this, this phrase, tell me about your amazing life. Okay. Came into my, like, just, and I started like bursting into tears. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what, I was like, what a great question for anyone. Just like, hi, like, please tell me about your amazing life because what, however your life is going, it's amazing because you're here right now and you get to tell me a story of, and just tell me about it. And like, and I have such an amazing life. And also I have all these 
wants and needs and hangups and roller coasters. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, we're all trying to negotiate them all. Yeah. But we're all, we're, we're on the barge. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And that is such a great point. And I think that when you do get downloads like that and and like you, you do get thoughts like that, I think it is important to go with it. And I think that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that is going to send a ripple effect out into the world of, you know, you know, allowing other people to get perspective. And I feel like, like this, this whole conversation with you and I has been a lot about perspective and a lot about Mm. gratitude and finding, um, where you, you know, gratefulness for where you are, but obviously, you know, you have goals, more goals from like the level that you're at, like you have other things that you want to accomplish as well as myself, but it's about being grateful in the moment and in the present moment. And, and just breathing through this crazy thing called life that we all have different issues and levels and complaints. And, but, but I know you're grateful. I, it's really funny because in, in my final thought yes, is knowing you before your celebrity and now you're not any, you're not really any different, meaning like you're, you still have that, that, um, that gratitude in you. I, I feel like you had it back then. I mean, you just have that, 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 that sense of you. Yes. Yes. You're older. And so we're in a more, um, a different place, but I, I, I don't think that you have changed in a way of that, you know, that you've seen in this industry where people they're even yeah. or they forget about like, Oh, I knew you back when we did that little concert together, but oh, you know what I mean? Like, but no, I've had that happen to me with people that I've known sure. before they were celebrities. And now they are celebrities. I'm like, dude, I've no, like, I know who you are. Like we know each other, right? Like what? That's that human thing that we were talking about. Yes. That no one is, no one is above me. No one is below me. Haters to the left. Yes. Like I, I'm just not interested in like, I, I'm like, yeah, you're my friend Meredith. We did that thing together. Like, I'm not like, that wasn't very fancy. So you, you like, you're on a lower like ranking than me. Like what? Exactly. Well, I'm like, <laughs> Meredith, hi. <laughs> but I'm like, you're a human being. You're a human being. Meredith Baxter's a human being. Ella Cool J's a human being. Meredith Patterson's a human being. Barrett Pro is a human being. Yes. And that's what those. Gotch, my dog who I'm looking at is not a human being. It's not a human being. Oh. You're a human being inside a dog costume. He's on a different level than all of us. That's what I think. Yes, I'll say. Well, I love you so much. I love and, you, Meredith. Thank you so much. This was such a gift. You are, you are so welcome. To support us or make a donation for this podcast, please visit confessionsofanactress.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at confessionsofanactress. And if you're feeling extra special and generous, please visit iTunes and give us a rave review. I really appreciate it. And remember to have vision for what you want in this world, but be grateful for where you are right now. Thank you for listening, everyone.